0: Morning everyone. Speaking again, following on from last week where we looked at um, being made in the image of God. And I'm building up these two weeks towards next week, which is the Vision Day, and to speak about some of the things that I believe God has for us going forward. But we're going to start this morning in Hebrews in chapter 11. Just a couple of verses there. Hebrews chapter 11. verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. By going to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Abraham went on a journey. He didn't know where the destination was going to be, but he knew God had called him to journey somewhere. We too are a pilgrim people. Anyone read Pilgrim's Progress? A few people? Yeah. If you haven't read it, I recommend it. It's a fantastic read. And in it, you you see all the the, the things that we as Christians encounter along the way on our journey of discipleship. But pilgrim journeys in that story to to a place, a destination. And a pilgrim is essentially someone on a journey to a sacred place or to fulfill a quest. And of course, This journey was wonderfully illustrated in Pilgrim's Progress. And in that story, we see Pilgrim journeying as he makes his way through trials and tribulations until he arrives at the heavenly city. And for each one of us, life is filled with trials and tribulations and challenges. And we've not arrived yet to the destination. And we said last week, our destination is to be like Jesus, who's... got to to that point yet. Anyone, Anyone there? Anyone want to own up to it? You're just like Jesus this morning? No. So we're all on that journey. And when we come to faith, we don't suddenly arrive at the destination. Coming to faith is the start of the journey, not the end of it. And from that, taking that first step with God, that first step of faith, God calls us to go on the journey with him. And this is a journey which takes us into ourselves and sometimes to places we'd rather not go. But as long as we're on this earth, the journey is as important as the destination. Because it's the journey that shapes and changes us and makes us fit for the destination. And so the journey is to be embraced. It's also not a journey we, can, we take alone. God places us amongst his people, both locally and globally, to go on the journey together. And so as a church, we are a pilgrim people we are together on a sacred journey. We've started out from somewhere, and together we're headed somewhere else. But this is um, one of the important things in this image. We collectively haven't got there yet. And it's true both globally and locally. The church worldwide is a collective of people of God and a journey. And the call of the church worldwide is to represent God in the earth, And to make his good news known. But we as a local people. A local community of God's people. Are also responsible in our locality. To represent God. And to make known his good news. You and I are part of that. Which God has placed in this place. To make his good news known. And to represent him. We are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. We are the people through whom. God will make known. All that he is to the people in this area. It's our destination, or at least the next step on it, that I want to focus on next week. But for today, I want to dwell on the notion of this corporate element of journeying together to go somewhere. And there are four elements to this. Firstly, we are a people. When we're born together, we're not created as orphans Or to stand in splendid isolation. We're born again into a family. We are together. We're not alone in this journey. We are a people called to be together. I think I've said before. People often say you can choose your friends. But you can't choose your family. But we are family. And God has chosen us to be here in this place. As part of this family. To journey together. We are a journeying people. We don't stand still waiting to get to heaven. Instead, we're called to go somewhere and to do something in this life. We are an alien people. We're not a people at home in the world because we've been called out of the world. And Fourthly, we're a people of destiny. God has a collective destiny for us as a people to fulfill. And it's these four ideas that I want to explore this morning. God's purposes for the earth have always rested in a community of people called for purpose. And this began in the garden when God established that first community with the mandate to look after and maintain the garden. And in doing so, they were to make the garden align with heaven. So that the glory of God can be seen on earth just as it was seen in heaven. And the fact that they failed and allowed corruption to invade the earthly paradise did not take away from them the mandate that had been given to them. And as I've said many times, I still believe it's the mandate of humanity to look after the earth, to fill it with the glory of God. And this can only happen fully now through the new covenant established through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we come to faith in him, so we align with the original purpose to fill the earth with his glory because God fills us with his glory but it does mean that we still have responsibility for this earth that God has placed us upon. And the instruction to multiply and fill the earth was fundamental to God's purpose being fulfilled as we looked at briefly last week in Genesis 1.28. Humanity was to be the community in which God's glory would be revealed and their multiplication as a community was a vehicle through which his glory would be exported into all the earth. See, multiplication doesn't happen in splendid isolation, but only in community. And as a people, we are called to multiply. Some of us have done our fair share of this physically. If you saw the picture of my family on Facebook, uh, there were quite a few of us in that picture, and quite a few people commented over Christmas about how many people now currently make up the family that, that is descended from us let alone from my parents (laughs) we've done our bit physically but it's true spiritually as well as we do so as we multiply as we see more of god's glory revealed in us and through us in the place where god's put us in beverly in the surrounding areas so we fill this area more and more with the glory of god The more people who come to faith, the more the glory of God is demonstrated. And the more it is seen in the community in which he's placed us. Do we want to see Beverly in this area full of God's glory? Then we need to be multiplying. We need to be seeing more people born again. We need to be multiplying disciples. We need to be seeing people of all ages connecting with the church and commencing a spiritual journey with us. And again, we'll talk some more about that next week about what we're going to put in place to achieve that. But we are the people of God. And we are the people who is established in this area to carry his glory and to see that multiplication breaking out into this area. Secondly, we are a journeying people. The next community that God chose was the Abrahamic community, as we read in Hebrews chapter 11. And this tells us that that community was called to go on a journey with God to a place they didn't know. But they went out with the promise of inheritance and of blessing. See, we are not a group of people wandering aimlessly in the wilderness. But we are a people on a spiritual quest. And like Abraham on his way from Ur, we know that God is taking us somewhere. We don't know all the details of of what or, or where that somewhere is. But we journey on in faith knowing that the destination is sure. That God has called us for purpose. God has called us to take us somewhere. God has called us to establish something. And God has called us with promise into an inheritance that he has in his heart. We're not called to stand still. But to go on in faith and do the things that God has called us to do. And as we do so we will see the blessing of God going before us and behind us. Like Abraham We may not always get it right, but if we journey with God in faith, we will see God fulfilling his promises to us and to the generations that follow after us. Because we're not a single generation church. We're a multi-generation church and I want to see the blessing of God continuing beyond my lifetime and on into the time to come. So God chose the Abrahamic community. He also chose the Mosaic community as a journeying people. And they, the journey they took was one that took them from Egypt through the wilderness and into the promised land. And Paul picks up on this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, which I've put up there. For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now these things happened to us as examples, so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. And then verse, verse 11, they, now these things happened to them as an example, that they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. And in this passage, Paul tells us that what happened to the people of Israel was an example or type for us. In other words, in other words as they journeyed physically from one place to another, went through various experiences that, that, that shaped them, and and formed them into a people, so we too are on a journey, and we're to learn from their experiences, in order that we might not fall in the wilderness on the way, but might take possession of what God has promised us to take possession of. God brought them out of Egypt, took them through the wilderness, and into a geographically described land. And if the Red Sea has a spiritual meaning in baptism... If the manna has a spiritual fulfillment in Christ, the true bread from heaven. If the tabernacle is fulfilled in the church, the place where God's presence dwells and where worship of God ascends. If the high priest has a fulfillment in Jesus. If the lamb whose blood was shed under the old covenant has a fulfillment in the lamb of God. And I could go on. Then the land, the place we are journeying to, journeying to has, a, has a spiritual fulfillment too. And it represents the land as we are called to go in and possess it. It's the kingdom of God coming to earth as it is in heaven, in this place, in Beverly, in the place where God has put us. Many have thought in the past that the land represents heaven, but it's not heaven, because the land is full of giants and challenges and things to take possession of. And that's it's not the object of our journey is not heaven. It's to be all that God has called us to be in this place on earth. I am looking forward to going to heaven. But I'm more more concerned with my destiny because God ultimately has a destiny for us to fulfill on the earth. And one day the lion will lay down with the lamb. And one day all things will bow the knee to Jesus. And one day this earth will become full of the knowledge of the glory of God. And one day all things will be under his control. And one day all things will be under the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there may be many challenges that we may need to take hold of um, before that time. But as the people of Israel took the land little by little, so we are called to take the ground that God has given us little by little until we take possession of all that God has for us. And God will bless us and he will give us an inheritance here. But it requires us to continue to journey, continue to press on, continue to move in faith. Thirdly, We're an alien people. And as soon as we become Christians, we become aliens. No, we don't have two green horns on our heads and descend from Mars. But we're an alien people, not at home in the world in the same way. The scripture from Hebrews 11 reminds us that Abraham lived as an alien in the land, even though it had been promised to him as his inheritance. And also we too have been promised this world. Habakkuk two fourteen says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's the promise. That's the guarantee. God's going to bring that about. And one God, day, God will ensure that this earth is filled with his glory. And in that day, all creation will bow the knees to Jesus and he will, we will reign with him. In the meantime, we live in a world that is not in submission to Jesus, even though he's sovereign over all things. And in this world, we experience hostility that the world expresses towards its king as it lives in rebellion against him. In some parts of the world, that's expressed in persecution. And it's right that we remember and pray for those who are persecuted, our brothers and sisters across the world. However, in our context, it's experienced as a clash of cultures. And a kingdom value set that does not align with that of the world. And what we found encounter very often in society is that intolerance will not be tolerated. Some of you know the challenges that I've had this year with, in CTE, Churches Together in England, in maintaining the voice of a conservative position with regard to human sexuality. This is a big challenge facing the church right now. And what it comes down ultimately is what is our view of scripture? The fundamental issue is are we going to allow the Bible to be the basis of our faith and practice? Or are we going to let scripture be superseded by culture? And I believe the decision the church makes concerning this issue will determine the destiny of the church for years to come. I've detailed my position on this issue in a paper which has had wide circulation and is available. If anyone wants to read it, I'm happy to give it to you. However, as I've said, sexuality is only the current presenting problem, but not the underlying issue. The issue concerns who sets the agenda for our faith and practice. For my money, there's only one answer to that, and that's God through his revealed world, the Bible. And the choice we have is are we going to align with this word Or are we going to be superseded, this word going to be superseded and culture dominate what we believe and how we practice? It's got to be this word if we're to be faithful believers in Christ Jesus. We live in a post-Christian culture. In years to come, there will be other flashpoints. And the challenge for all of us is, will we be willing to maintain an orthodox Christian position, even if it means receiving criticism and even ostracism from those around us? Or is popularity and acceptance more important to us? And I believe it's a time for the Church of Jesus Christ to take a stand. We're seeing the breakdown of family, the destruction of our society, If this is not arrested, it will continue to degenerate into the violence of the gangs, of abuse, of corruption, and of anger that we're already seeing in many communities across the country. The church is the hope of the nation, but only if the church is full of the glory of God and is willing to journey with him into all that he has for us, even in an alien land. It's time for us to take our stand. Fourthly, we're a people of destiny. And this has been intimated that through all that we've shared so far, but it's a bit worth reiterating. When the people of Israel came out of Egypt, their purpose was not to live in the desert, but to take the land that God had promised them. The wilderness was the time of preparation. It's the time in which God took a ragtag bunch of slaves and forged them into a nation, giving them his laws to live by giving them a leadership structure to guide them, giving them the tabernacle as the symbol of his presence and the place of worship, and training them for the battles that lay ahead. In the same way, God has given us his word to live by. He's given us his Holy Spirit and leaders to lead us. He's given us gatherings where we can encounter his presence and worship him. And he's trained us through life and through teaching to be able to face the battles that confront us each day. We can be a victorious people. We can see God working out his purposes through us so that this place becomes full of his glory. We can see multiplication taking place amongst us so that the community among which we live um, becomes a little more, more his. We can see this becoming more and more a place where we are at home because it acknowledges Jesus as Lord. We are a people of destiny. And the challenge for us in these days, are we going to rise up and fulfill the destiny that God has given us? Back to Pilgrim. I believe this year is going to be a good one, but also a challenging one for some, some of us. And I want to finish with the part uh, with part of the thought that's on the month's thought on the news sheet this month. Ten years ago, Dwayne White suggested that the things you put in place in the first three months of a decade will define the decade for you. Thought, of course, things can shift and change. And... Um, And changes can occur in society as the world changes. But the fact is that each one of us needs to set set the trajectory of our lives. And it's often at the beginning of the year and especially at the beginning of a decade that we might think about such things. One thing is for sure, if we set ourselves no goals, no aims or objectives, we can be sure that we will be 100% successful of achieving them. My encouragement to all of us at this time is to think about where we want to be in a year's time, in five years' time, in ten years' time, and begin to put in place things that will get us there. We may not achieve all of our goals, but who knows how far we will get if we set out on this journey together. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray that we might take seriously the days in which we live. That we might, Lord God, lay aside all compromise and everything that stops us from fulfilling the destiny you've given us and from fulfilling our purpose. I pray, Lord God, that we might be a people who take hold of all that you have for us individually and collectively. And that we might see your glory increasingly demonstrated amongst us in whichever way you choose, whether through the miraculous but, Lord God, especially through people coming to faith. I pray, Lord God, that we may be a faith-filled people and that we might see your purposes fulfilled here, in this place and in this town and in this region, for the sake of your kingdom and your glory. Amen.